Good morning, Mayberry. We aren't going to talk about the rebranding and conflation of slavery, fallout, general racism, and class war. We aren't going to talk about PETA activists de-anthropomorphizing black people to make their points right now. We don't have time. We're going to talk about whatever I edit in next. Because I'm the producer, I'm the host, and I made this music. I'm Shift Orion, and I'm not waiting on Superman. I was just playing by myself and decided that the songs I just played, I want to I want to do a little episode. The first song is uh, Frankie's song, which I put the link to in, I'm sorry, World's description. And I describe the process of the, the inspiration of it in that episode and, and how long it took me to actually get any movement on manifesting it into reality. But yeah, it's about my loved one was murdered and the DA of San Francisco at the time was Harris and was an awful experience. And he was a really uh, wonderful person who, um, uh, yeah, I have a lot of mutual friends still who knew him and we all just are like still devastated. This was in 2005. So like 15 years later, we're all a wreck almost 16 years later. Um, cause it was on, New Year's Day. So every New Year's, every year of my life has gotten to begin with the memory of of this loss. Um, and I know that I'm real charged, but I feel it's like I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Like I get it that I have a weird vantage on a lot of stuff that's going on right now. That's global narrative, and like certainly national narrative, and a lot of it global narrative. Definitely at this point because it's escalated. I really just, I I can't tell you how much I hope and pray that Harris and Biden do not actually take office and get any power or traction, because right now it's just talk. It really is probably heading towards some kind of bizarro feud. I don't, th- there's not going to be a war between like the Democrats and the Republicans, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not the civil war. I think that there maybe are some people that think that's what I'm talking about when I talk about Civil War. The Civil War I'm talking about already has started. If it didn't begin Saturday, November 7th, it certainly began before that. And psychological warfare is a major component in all of it. Like, there's not like a, we declare war as this group. We're the unionized concept of a front. We're a unified community of combatants and we're going to take up arms against it. That's not what it looks like this time. It's already started and it looks like this and it sucks so much. And the reason why we're all, it's internal wounds that we're experiencing. It's spiritual warfare has been happening this whole time and we're all sleeping on it. I'm not, I'm here to tell, you know, but like also I'm kind of passive to it in some ways and I'm, I'm still waking up to where it shows up in my life and how to even communicate with myself about my experiences, let alone other people. So I'm, I'm in a continuous state of triggered grief, profound, like juvenile, man. I was 18. He was 16. He was murdered. He was so wonderful. And I hadn't seen him enough lately. And then I happened to see him on New Year's Eve and me and I didn't finish the story because it started hailing so let me finish the story here and then I'll play the song and then I'm going to do some more talking and then I'm going to play another song and then I'll do some more talking and play another song I happened to be over at my parents house and he also happened to come over that night and like he hadn't been over much in the in the previous like year or so um because we'd had 
uh, the cult that we were all in, the local team, totally dissolved, and we, uh, we flipped table pretty fucking hard on the whole cult overall. When our group uprose and pulled out, um, we disrupted everybody, and we forced a line in the sand, and a lot of people left, too. And we, they weren't, like, near us. It was all different groups in different states all over the country. There was also groups where, like, certain people left and and um, then other folks joined because it actually created a vacuum of energy that, that drew in like-mindedness, you know? It was a little homeopathic, if you will, which is a thing that I'm not really into for the most part. I do fuck with Arnica, but, like, Jesus Christ. Um, I, the teething shit, stay away from that. Like, I don't, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't, I, like, there's a lot of stuff that's on the shelves so, that, like, don't fuck with that. Uh, um, you know, do real research. Don't, like, try, like, go out of your way to find opinions that don't resonate with yours before you make a decision about something you're going to put in your baby's body or something you're going to do with yourself that's, like, critical, you know? And, like, kind of everything we do is critical, so maybe think, uh, critically about how to apply that sentiment. I do. Um, okay, so Frankie was over, he was coming to see my younger sister, while I was there still, I think he left with his friends, and I was still there, um, like, my memory is, like, blurry, but I don't have another competing for that blurry one, you know, um, whatever, though. Uh, that's not important. What is important is I, I know I saw him that night. I know he came over to see my sister. I know we tried to convince him to not go to the city. Uh, my sister particularly was trying to get him to not go to the city and get him to stay and hang out with her. That was why she invited him over. And my sister, I have a lot of, uh, how will I say this? Um, well, I haven't spoken to any of my immediate family in a year to date. Uh, it is November of 2020. Despite that, I will say my sister, all all of my immediate family, um, uh, you know, the, the, I get my intuitiveness from somewhere. And I was pretty much also like, yeah, I don't think he should go and like he should stay. Whatever, though. It wasn't like a super serious conversation. They were both 16. My sister and, and Frankie uh, were both 16 and I was 18. He went out and... He managed to make it all the way through midnight, and it wasn't until the wee hours of the morning that they they crossed paths with the people who took his life. I was out at a New Year's Eve gathering, and I was sleeping on somebody's couch. I woke up to my dad calling me, and I almost didn't answer it, but I had a feeling that I should. I almost didn't because it was, you know, I was like post-party mode. I was probably drinking. Maybe. Maybe I wasn't. I was either like all in or not with alcohol. I always have been, kind of. Now I'm getting to a point where I have a better relationship with it. Um, and I use it very sparsely and sparingly as as a, a lubricant as opposed to uh, something I'm trying to weaponize against my discomfort to combat my discomfort in some fashion because it can backfire for that purpose. I got this call and my dad told me that Frankie was stabbed in the city this morning and that he's dead and that he died like immediately. There was like no, um, he walked, he bled out quickly because he was stabbed in the heart 
and then the knife was pulled out, and then he stumbled across the street, um, and fell and, and was dead pretty fast. So the next period of time was real shitty because we got informed by Frankie's dad that, um, and I, I refer to him as my brother. He's chosen family. Our families are, I said this in the, in the other episode and, um, and I'm sorry world. I don't, that doesn't like, you know, like people pick their, people pick their position on that kind of labeling, you know? And like I've said, I'm real picky about the word friend. Like I'm, re- I'm very selective about the way that I apply re- all language, but relational language is really precious. And so I'm saying what I'm saying for fucking reasons. And I plan to be spending next year super focused on writing out my manuscript for my memoir series um, and I have like really specific plans. I have a, an exact idea about how I want to see this conveyed. I've gotten to a point where it's, uh, behind me so far and I've had so many overlaying other things happen that it fits really neatly and, and concentrated into a, a super universal, awesome story. And actually like 2020 has been crazy resonant with all, like I'm going through the same 2020 as everybody else, but then at the same time, and I'm not going to say what things because no spoilers, but there's a bunch of things about the pandemic itself, the terms around the shelter in place and social distancing, things to do with coping and media, what is going on with the global narrative, the political narrative, the political narratives of different groups and ideologies there's so many weird things that happened that literally acted as a PTSD portal for me to heal through them because they were so specifically on target with some kind of thing that was so obscurely traumatic for me that I, and it shot me back to my teenage years. It shot me back 15 to 24, 25 years in the past. And it just like redeemed stuff. It was this year of like, yeah, oh man, actually, how's this for a weird metaphor on these fucking weird Christian cult people that raised me? Um, but the year itself was kind of like a crucifixion salvation scenario where it was like gory and blood, like a Passion of the Christ kind of film. And the, and it saved me like from this. I was really frozen in time. It was very hell-like in that Dante's Inferno concept of hell where the inner ring is like a frozen, you know, like, you, like it's just motionless, statuesque, levels of suffering and and stillness in this despair distanced away from all that is warm and wonderful and so salvation from that like I was like frozen in trauma like that and and this year as painful and awful and ugly and 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 distancing and um, and loud uh you know just like like guttural crying like the the most despairing crying uh, and then also these moments, these feelings of just not, like, I can't even produce sound. Like I can't do, I'm just staring at walls and, you know, like I can't even read because it's just too much data at me. Like I can't even take in another word. Literally my brain's developed some kind of condition where I can't read properly anymore and I have to use text to speech synthesis. Anyway, so I, I'm struggling. Ugh, I'm struggling. Uh, but this this story and the people that that played into my life matter if I make them matter and if if other people make them matter 
yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really dialing in to get things figured out on getting grants to get space and time to focus on this without getting distracted by compulsory consumerism and whatever. Because I honestly, I've worked for it in the past. Like I've done a lot of work in this world that's thankless and payless. And so now I'm in a place where, so this is the thing with like the secret, the manifestation, that kind of thing. I've done the vision boarding internally and externally, communicationally and otherwise. I've talked to the universe about it. I've talked to the universe about it. I'm talking to you about it and I've talked to other people about it, right? Like, um, so now... I'm like, oh, hey, all I got to do is kick open a door and let people know, like, it's time to party. Like, I got I got enough here. I kind of need, it's not time to party. It's time to, like, set up for the party. So if people want to come and, like, show up early and join me now, now is the opportunity to help me, like, set up the show, set up the event. And that's fucking exciting. Like I, I real, I had this moment where I went from being like, man, how am I going to pull this off? What am I going to do? Like, it's such a weird thing. I'm trying to hack like privilege into my life. I'm trying to hack the privilege of being able to sit and write out stories and make them into things. And I got, when I tell you I got plans, I got a list of like ridiculous celebrities that I want playing roles. I'm see, like, actually last night I had a moment where I was like, who is going to play this one particular, absolutely pivotal really uh it's just it's such a specific role and such a such an integrated role but also peripheral and won't require much time like you know so um I was watching I don't know why I put this on I wanted just something on that I wasn't gonna care about and was gonna be kind of boring and so I put on away on Netflix and I was like oh Hillary Swank is so strangely timeless like that's she might be perfect for this so that when I'm considering people that's who I'm considering you know what I'm saying my budget's gonna be huge or I'm not gonna do it and I'm gonna keep working and waiting and pushing it and figuring out getting the critical feedback hearing what people aren't into and going from there and I'm gonna be really close to the vest about some of the pieces of this because I'm not worried about anybody like other people. If there were so many people involved, I would be more than happy to see. It would be a joy to see other people make their own version of some, you know, whatever their slice of life was from this. My seat in the shit show was the best seat in the shit show. And there's no like. There's no like people will make, you know, what they make. If somebody wants to write a book or if somebody wants to make a thing, they're going to make what they make. I'm not threatened by the idea of it being stolen. I'm wanting to be close to the vest about some of it because I feel that the experience of riding a ride as an audience of like getting in the car and having that shit click, 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 click. And then you ride the ride. Like there's no other way. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I want to offer people. And so while I want to invite people to help set up, and I want to like give people behind the scenes and, and exclusive access to things, you know, if they're showing up for, for that, they deserve that. Um, I also don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be too um, like eager to include people at a level that takes the magic away from them. Cause I think it's not mutually exclusive concepts, right? We can all like do this thing together and and it will the more people that kind of show up excited about that vibe the faster it all will happen 
Um, and then everybody who wasn't into jumping on board at that point gets to enjoy it as well. If they, if they like, I also, I just to be clear, I don't give a shit about the scale of my audience. I care about the scope of my audience and that's real broad like that. I'm like very excited about who I think is going to be excited about what I'm doing here. Um, and I say that again, it's not, it's, I really went from like, you know, who would ever want to hear about this shit? Like who would ever want to waste their time on me? Like I'm so, you know, whatever. And then I had this moment where I realized that's not the narrative. Like that's not at all reality. I I guess maybe it is, but the question isn't who would ever want to support me getting closer to my goals with this and like blah 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 it turned into who would want to help me get closer to my goals with who would want to join this project now who you know what I'm saying like it's all about tone and that's why I don't really like text very much like texting emailing um it's okay for certain things but what I just did there like that you can't do that uh so easily in text. Um, and even if you can, it becomes precarious because if you start trusting in that and then there's a miscommunication overtone. Uh, all right. So let me jump back into just briefly wrapping up some of this, the DA situation. They called Frankie's dad and his school and they asked about his truancy and delinquency records. The, the attempts that seemed to be getting made were to figure out ways of casting character in certain lights. Um, but she certainly didn't ask anything about uh, positive elements about him. And when I say the DA, I mean Kamala, like literally. And I'm going to say Kamala. Like I'm not, I don't give a shit what y'all think about pronunciations, about none of that shit. And when I say it, it's K-K-K-A-M-A-L-A, right? Thank you. So I'm not kidding around. You want lawyer cops and cop lawyers. And I'm so bored with people for failing June. Like. I don't even know. It's like, it's like we had June and then people started freaking out and they were like, oh, we want to bail on shelter in place for no reason. It's not time, but we're going to just do that anyway. And then y'all failed the exam of the lesson from June because you bailed on the class and didn't complete the shit and you thought you knew everything. And so here we are because you just decided you know better. And so it's time to get your kids back to school because, you know, what? Now you now you're doing school and they're still at home. Like I don't what. Oh, they're gonna have them back a couple of days a week, and then what? You how's daycare going? Where everybody figure it out? I guess everybody figure it out. I guess because really, you know what's crazy? We could have just waited through this whole school year, and then if you guys wanted lawyer cops, they would have put together the school year better next year. You didn't have to do this to all of us. You could have not bailed, and then but you wouldn't have your lawyer cop if you. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole thing. Like I'm like all right, so. Um, without getting too much into that shit, I, uh, I'm unimpressed in the way that all of that went and I'm unimpressed in the way that all of this went in the gaslighting, in the dragging, the victim blaming, the look over here-isms, the fact that the murderers, uh, there was no justice. There was no, nothing happened. Uh, also the murderer, the white woman who killed the 16 year old black boy, uh, her father was an, is an FBI agent, was an FBI agent, probably was, I would guess at this point, it was a while ago. And she was 26. So, yeah, you know, like, it's just a lot of unimpressive shit from, from where I sit. And I'm going to play this song now.
like you if you could grow up like you meant to be. He looked like you if you had become what none of us could have ever dreamed. He looked like you coming home from work to you with friends and family. And for a moment I ain't forgot we ever breathed. Devil's in the details and nobody seems to care. They're looking to a fake Superman and monsters everywhere. I'm looking in some man's face for a boy who isn't there. I feel you when my wind is thrown and keep your picture near. I was minding my own business, riding on my merry way. Wasn't ready to remember how we lost you on that day. But hey, now don't you know it? I'd forgot about this pain. It's always somewhat different, but we'll always be the same. Your blood run into the bed, or did it pool up in the street? Body drained, bone dry, like when I cried after disbelief relief. We came awake to break the love for you into our cherished grief. I'm sorry that we didn't start a fire underneath our feet. I'm sorry that we didn't start a fire underneath our feet. Like you, if you could have grow up like you were meant to be. He looked like you coming home from work to eat with friends or family. Maybe a kid or two, a partner, cause my God, it would be 30. For a moment, I forgot we ever grieved. I die like, what if you won't store from us so early? I saw this guy walk by me, where we Streets. He looked like you coming home from work day with friends or family. For a moment I forgot we ever grieved. I'm sorry that we didn't start a fire underneath our feet. I'm sorry that we didn't start a fire underneath our feet. I'm sorry that we Underneath our feet, I'm sorry that we didn't
start a fire underneath our feet. I'm sorry that we didn't start a fire underneath our feet. I forgot to finish talking about um, what inspired the song, which I mentioned in the other episode, but I want to I want to go over in this one. I had been driving near where uh, Frankie and I grew up and saw this guy crossing the street that looked like a grown version of him, and it really messed with my head, and I was like, I need to write a song about this vibe that I'm having, but I couldn't get it out. And I, I describe in the I'm Sorry World episode some of how that experience was. Uh, having this song in me that like couldn't sing so there's that one uh this next song is basically about having to get out of relationships that are tokenizing and initially in my life it was something that would pop up very startlingly in these ways that I was just like, what, like, how, and what do you mean? Like, you don't see my whole humanity. What is this? And I'm trying to express where I'm not, where I'm being missed, you know? And, and they're just like, the more I'm trying to say, like, you don't see me as a whole person and here's how, the more they're like, that's not even a realistic thing for you to say to me. How dare you? How disrespectful of you to say to me kind of energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's such a fucking shit thing. And so it would show up like that. That's a, a summation. You know, it's really, it's a, it's a vibe that shows up a lot of different ways. It feels a lot of different ways. It's very shitty. It's very shitty. I've also had it manifest in collective communities several ways over. And this behavior, this moderate centrist lean towards fascism genuinely this con- it's so conservative like to pull to the center like that to to refuse to acknowledge the margins and the ends of spectrum and the real variety of humanity and to just lean into this like very narrow compartmentalized ideology of what progress is which is not what progress is it's a fallacy of progress. I've just been so deeply wounded by that vibe. Like, I've been so deeply harmed by that. And I've I've written a few things about it. I've written some songs. I've written... Some, and, like, different angles of that kind of thing, too. And also different elements of being, like, alive today and what and who I am. Being a millennial in 2020. And actually, I wrote this song prior to 2020. I think I wrote it in... When was it? It would have been 2017. No, it would have been 2018 that I wrote, uh, nah, maybe the end of 2017. Yeah, I think it would have been the end of 20, middle, end of 2017. Um, but yeah, the Ballad of Chad Crow started coming out of me. That's not one that I'm going to play in this episode, but, um... Yeah, that one's about being a millennial and struggling, a millennial American and struggling to conceptualize the awakenings on American history as it pertains to uh, racism and slavery and Jim Crow and the new Jim Crow and everything that's trickled down 
from that because the only thing that trickles down is oppression and bullshit. You must know I can't help but wonder how the fire went out cold. You must be wondering how much I'm missing you. You must be trying not to think about me, trying not to fold in sleepless hole until I start to think. The point is just to never think I know. Oh, oh. And maybe everything I do is just a little too intense. Maybe that's just what the situation calls for. I catch this falling star like I was born to run the play. No one seems to know just where we're gonna go. Do you know how loud it is in here without you? Don't get me wrong, I laugh and talk so much alone. But there's a ringing in my head that seemed to weaken when you said you loved me when you made yourself at home. Hadn't made it clear, I think I'm better with you near. I think I like who I became to empty up here. Looks like we were moving in and now I don't know where you went. I went all in because I thought it's the chapter. It's a one-shot kind of game, every impression is the same. The only breaks we take are in the car. And off speaks on its own and absence begs to fill a hole with something I'm not asking you, I'm asking Mercury and Mars And I'm not reaching out again because I'm sick of silence, man I have better abysses I could howl in Where I'm not echoing against the good intentions of a mansion It is fertile soil for me to dig my trowel in Maybe everything I do is just a little too intense Since nobody's been listening to our screams An old death code for peace believes that sacrificing things is how to win And you'd agree with them it seems And I'm not reaching out again because I'm sick of silence man have better abysses I could howl in Where I'm not echoing against the good intentions of a mansion Someone answers when they say how fast I'm falling Uh, and so this last song, I'm not going to talk.
talk too much about, but it's, um, it's just a call to action. That's what I'm going to call it for now. It's just a call to action. It's something that I wrote for myself because I was working on something else and it seemed like creative exhaust, um, working on a project that I'm working on, like an actual business project. And, um, I'll share more about that at some point in the future. Um, but this song was like a distillation of the business plan, basically. <laughs> more or less, not the entire, all the elements of it, but the core credences, the the elements that make up the culture of it um, are all in this song. So, um, yeah. Oh, and that last song, the first song... Uh, is called I'm Sorry Frankie Mead and uh, this uh, previous song that I just played is called A Howling Abyss parenthetical The Mensch and this song is called Come Find Me I know this I use uh, I use the term God in here and it means great organizing dynamics specifically it is not some whatever interpret it yourself version of the word god it's capital g capital o capital d asterisks and it's the great organizing dynamic if you like the great orchestrating dynamic but that's what that means so we're small and disconnected from it all we are bleeding into our own waterfalls We are forming from the ashes And responding to the call Come find me Come find me We are giants, we are rooted, we are one We are growing, we are rising with the sun Night sometimes it looks like we aren't shining all along. Come find me, come find me. We are grieving and rejoicing all at once. We are living in the future all I know. We are filtering the data. Keeping focused on the song, come find me, come find me. We bring water to the flames, now we bring love. And rage fiery when push must come to shove. We adapt to when we ground again, all hail the work of God, come find me, come find me. It is coming, we are waiting, it is fine, we're working, we're designing the divine. I've been putting all my light into the cavernous divides. Come find me. Come find me. Our 
truth burns through the tall walls of despair. Our ancestors are cheering everywhere. Our light disturbs the sleepy eyes of people who don't care. Come find me. Come find me. We have a willingness to face what we've done wrong. And to plant seeds that may not bloom until we're gone. It does not matter where fault lies. It only matters who responds. Come for me. Come for me. In my peace may I stay noticing all need. And in pain and loss have somebody to help me. When no one knows the way, may I get confident and lead? Come find me, come find me, come find me, come find me. All right, thanks for hanging out, y'all. I'll be doing more episodes with music sometimes. I'm going to be doing varying length episodes. It's not going to be they're all 10 minutes or they're all an hour or they're all... So far, I've given a good indication of what what you can expect as far as consistency. <laughs> Don't. My name is Shift. I'm looking forward to, to the next few episodes I have to release. I'm working on editing as fast as I can, working on getting stuff up. I also have a, a life and a job and, and a... Uh, you know, a body that needs to be cared for that uh, the body's definitely getting neglected the most. So if you are enjoying the content, if, go check our Patreon out. It's at patreon.com slash Mayberry. You can also go to patreon.com and search for us in the directory there. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. If you click on become a patron, you'll get access to exclusive content. We've already got an extended episode of not very comforting, but super empowering up with some extra content on there. There's a couple of tiers where you can get a topic request. There are a couple of tiers where you get very exclusive, very exclusive content. Not just exclusive content, very exclusive content. We also have one tier for being an official sponsor uh, that comes with all of the other perks. Plus, you also get an option for, you can submit... Uh, something for 30 seconds of airtime on the show. And that could be anything from a business to a fundraiser to an event, an idea, piece of media that you like or don't like. I don't recommend plugging things you don't like necessarily unless you've got guidelines around how people are going to be consuming that thing when they go and look it up because they will. Yeah, you know, anything you can think of, um, but we do have to approve it. Uh, we're not just going to throw anything up. But yeah, if you've been listening, then you probably have a sense of what we're going to be into and what we're not. If you think we might, reach out because, uh, yeah, like, let's do this. With some of the tiers, we have exclusive patron merchandise. If you sign up for one of the tiers, you'll get a sticker. If you sign up for another one, you get a sticker, mug, t-shirt, and hoodie. And as the bigger tier, you get all the things. So yeah, go check us out. And if you didn't find us on the website... We are on goodmorningmayberry.com. We're also listed in 
pretty much all the places. Still, still working on some of that, but we're definitely up on Apple. We're definitely up on uh, TuneIn. We're up on Pod Chaser. So yeah, thanks for hanging out. <laughs>